3: Hi, this is Bebop, Robomogo, Wanatron here, and I want to thank you for joining me on these adventures these past weeks, the stories that I've been calling Bebop. Johnny Tales, Johnny Tales, reading comics and eating salads made of kale.
1: Johnny Tales, Johnny Tales, Johnny Tales.
3: What was that?
1: What was what? Okay, so for those of
3: you who don't know what's going on here, my intro human Jonathan Messenger, who's on vacation, is apparently calling into the studio today and joining the show. Oh. Hi, Jonathan.
1: Hey, Bebop. So,
3: what is this Johnny tells you were singing about?
1: Well, your show has been such a hit, I thought maybe I should start telling stories from my life.
3: Stories like eating kale salads? Yep. Okay, that is not a story. That is an appetizer. And second of all, look, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but... Maybe just don't sing when anybody could ever possibly hear you.
1: You know, that's kind of funny. That's the same thing that Griffin
3: always says. So, if you don't mind, I'm going to continue with my season finale of Bebop Tales. to it, Tails! Nope. Okay. Well, you're in a mood today. So, in the last episode, Handolph and I were joined by Tyrannosaurus Rex, and we were standing on the slope of Barron's volcano.
1: So, we have some questions here from listeners.
3: Wait, 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 Jonathan, what are you doing?
1: Oh, I was going to ask you some listener questions.
3: Okay, that's fine, but, you know, it's kind of rude to talk over me like that. Oh,
1: you're right. I'm sorry, Bebop. I've been on vacation for a month now, and I'm a little out of practice. It's okay. Okay, so we got two listeners who asked the same question. Both Natasha from Chicago and Jacob from Dunville in Ontario, Canada, want to know how you invented laser shoes.
3: You know, it's funny you say that, Jonathan. I actually had planned to tell the story of the invention of laser shoes in the last episode, but I had to cut it for time. It was just kind of a long story.
1: Well, can you make it shorter? How short? Give it to me in five words.
3: Five words. Okay. Espionage. Time police balloon
1: animals espionage time please balloon animals well now i really want to hear that story all right maybe we're gonna to have to do a second season of Bebop tales okay and the last question for today comes from gabriel from madison wisconsin and he wants to know do you ever have any peaceful moments well
3: that's what you and i have together jonathan these peaceful moments i will cherish them forever
1: oh thanks Bebop. that means a lot You know, I feel the same way about...
3: But you're not letting me enjoy these peaceful moments with your interruptions. Now, please, may I get on with my story? Sure. Go ahead. Okay, well, could you please maybe hang up?
1: Hang up? Why?
3: I have to do something. It's a little weird to do it in front of you.
1: Why? You just said you cherish our moments together.
3: Okay, 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 but maybe just block your ears for a second. All right, here we go.
4: Hi, I'm Jonathan Vessel. here.
1: Whoa. What was that?
3: That was my impression of you. Oh, wow.
1: That needs a lot of work.
3: Okay, hold on, hold on.
4: Uh, uh, I'm Jonathan Messenger. Bebop. I'm Jonathan Messenger.
3: Okay, okay, don't say anything. This is the part you're really not going to like.
1: It's okay, Bebop. It's all in fun. I'm not offended.
3: Okay, good. Here we go. Hi, I'm... Don't say ham. Don't say ham. Don't say ham.
1: I'm Jonathan Hare. I'm Jonathan Hare. I'm Ham. I'm Jonathan messing ha- I'm Jonathan Messingham. I'm Jonathan Messinger Hamm. Bebop?
3: Yes, Jonathan.
1: Did you just say Jonathan Messing? Ha-
3: Oops, looks like we lost connection to
1: Jonathan. And oh, look at that. My impression is now spot on. Okay, let's get started with episode 5 of Bebop Tales, the grand finale, putting the lock in Warlock. Bebop, Pendolf, and the T-Rex all stared up at the mouth of the volcano, shooting molten lava, ash, and smoke high into the sky.
3: I think I'd melt if I tried to go in there, said Bebop. I think it would
5: singe on the fur right off my belly,
1: said Pandolf. We have these things all the time where I'm from, said the dinosaur.
3: So you want to lead the way then? Happy to.
1: The T-Rex began marching up the mountain, Bebop and Pandolf following slowly behind, carefully watching the lava. And after a few minutes, the dino turned around.
4: Actually, don't you guys notice something a little strange about the volcano like if it's really a volcano and that is really lava pouring down the mountain then why aren't we all baking we should be a plate of fried heroes by now
5: you're right
1: said pandolf
5: it must be oh no don't say it sorcery i was going to say it must be sorcery
1: But Pandolf was right. The evil warlock baron's volcano was enchanted. And as the three friends climbed higher and higher, they got colder and colder, like they were climbing any mountain. Not a fiery volcano. And as they got closer, the volcano got louder and louder. But rather than the roar of an inferno, it was all bleeps and bloops.
3: It's like a hologram, said Bebop, and really not a very good one.
1: In fact, the lava from the volcano, the ash and the smoke, it all seemed to be fading, breaking up and disintegrating into square pixels right before their eyes. Eventually, the lava flow stopped as though someone had pulled a plug. They peered down into the mouth of the volcano, but instead of a magma chamber, they saw a lazy boy chair. A couple of old computers sat on desks, a few braided throw blankets draped over couches, it looked like the living room of someone who never really grew up. Should we jump down? said the dinosaur. I
5: don't know. I think we should be cautious,
1: said Pandolf.
5: You never know what magic a warlock like Baron has in store for you.
4: Well, I don't see any ankylosauruses down there or anything, so it doesn't look like anything to be scared of.
1: Let's go. The dinosaur grabbed hold of Pandolf and Bebop and leapt down into the living room. The three walked around inside the volcano, which they were quickly realizing was just an old, large house. They passed through bedrooms with unmade beds, bathrooms with the toilet seats left up, a kitchen with pizza boxes lying on the floor. Flies buzzed around the greasy cardboard and seemed to crawl over nearly every surface. Are you
3: guys getting the
1: feeling that we're in the wrong volcano? Said Bebop. Nope. Said Pandolf from one room over.
5: Is this the type of thing you were talking about?
1: Bebop and the dinosaur entered a dark room, lit by the black light in a large fish tank. Bebop peered into the glass, and swimming inside was a tiny, mutant whale.
3: Hey, I know you, said Bebop. You ate my surfboard.
1: But the whale just calmly hummed and swam under a loop of coral.
5: I mean, this is weird, right? We're supposed to be fighting this big... Evil bad guy who's been terrorizing us this whole time.
4: But instead, you're just in my
1: old, dilapidated home. A tall, thin man in a long, midnight blue robe walked into the room.
3: Baron? said
1: Bebop.
4: The one and the same, the mighty, evil warlock Baron. Undone at every turn by a robot named Tiny. No, that's
3: not really. And now
4: you've discovered my secret. My powers are fading. I had some good tricks up my sleeve, you have to admit. Sending the world's art to conquer the world for me. The little whales like my friend over there. And I thought it was quite clever mixing robotics with magic in the battle at the Panda Castle. Even this fake volcano. But when you're beaten, you're beaten. No one had ever punctured my time bounce shield before. So, I surrender. Lock me up. Throw away the key. Tell that horrid
1: Dr. Percolator that he finally won. Bebop watched the warlock carefully. Something didn't feel right about the situation.
3: Wait, you're just giving up? You want us to capture you?
1: I don't want it, no, but I don't see how
4: there's really any choice. When you're beaten, you're beaten.
3: Yeah, you said that already.
4: No one had ever punctured my surrender. What? Lock the key. Throw me up. "'Tell that horrid little whale, Percolator,
1: you're beaten.'" All three of them realized at once that the Baron in front of them was a fake, another one of Baron's enchanted robots. It started ticking and walking toward the three friends, its eyes glowing. "'I'll get rid of this thing,' said the dinosaur, chomping down on the robot and bounding out of the room.
4: (laughs) Did you really think you could come into my house and defeat
1: me?' said the real Baron, stepping in from another doorway. He looked just like the robot version. Same gray hair, same midnight blue robe, same tall, thin frame.
4: Haven't you learned by now that I can never be defeated?
3: You mean, except all the times I've already defeated you, said Bebop.
4: You defeated my minions. You did not defeat me.
5: Oh, whatever,
1: said Pandolf.
5: The volcano, the robots... You're not a real wizard. You just do fake magic. You're an illusionist.
1: Fake magic?
4: <laughs> what do you call this?
1: Suddenly, the flies from the empty pizza boxes and the nooks and crannies of the broken walls and the ceiling began to buzz around Baron. And as the flies collected, Baron seemed to grow larger and larger. Pandolf grabbed a dirty spoon from the floor and he held it up, pointing it at the warlock.
5: I'll show you how a real wizard does magic. Incendious!
1: A fireball shot out of the spoon straight at Baron, but it had no effect. The flies absorbed it like it was water on a sponge.
5: Luminous!
1: But the lightning bolt that sparked from the end of his spoon found the same fate pouring into the cloud of flies around Baron, but not stopping him at all. Baron grew even larger, and the flies began to buzz away from him and attack Pandolf and Bebop. Bebop batted them away, but he could feel them slipping into the seams in his metal body and biting at the wires inside.
3: Pandolf, do something.
1: My Pandolf was fighting away the flies too, hollering,
5: "Insidious, luminous, luminous, insidious!" oh, it's no
3: use. Use your other spell.
5: Fast forward, I told you, I don't like spoilers.
3: No, not that one,
5: the other one. All oh, right.
1: right. Pandolf stopped swatting at the flies, and he held his spoon up high and shouted, Fra- ah, yes. uh-huh.
3: Uh-huh.
5: Uh-huh. A
1: frog fell out of his armpit. It immediately started eating up the flies around Pandolf.
5: Frog, yes?
1: Pandolf yelled again, and a frog fell out of his ear and uh-huh. immediately began eating the flies. Pandolf spun and whirled around, yelling,
5: froggies Uh and a froggies for you Uh and a little froggies for you he Uh
1: turned and smiled at bebop magic and in no time an army of frogs was eating all of the flies around baron's home and the ones that swarmed around his robe and as the flies began to disappear baron began to shrink he got smaller and smaller and smaller until he was the size of a shoebox
0: How dare you? I had this all planned out. Dominate this world and then never have to skip to another universe again.
3: Wait,
1: said Bebop, who was moving a little slowly, the flies having nibbled on
3: his circuitry.
0: You mean you've
3: tried this on other universes?
0: Yes, of course. And this is the first time I've ever been stopped. It took a robot of such intelligence, cunning, charm, humility, agility, Puckish good looks, down-to-earth pluck.
3: Okay, that's enough. Even though I know you could go on.
0: I really could. But the point is, this is not the last you heard from Baron Von Messingham. Wait, what did you just say? That's my full name. Baron Von Messingham. And now I will return to the Messingham universe where I will regroup. But I will be back.
1: A portal opened up behind Baron, and the warlock stepped through. Pandolf was being sucked into the vortex as well.
5: Tiny, help!
1: Bebop struggled over to Pandolf and grabbed hold of the doorframe with one arm, and the panda's arm with the other, pulling him free of the portal.
5: Thank you, Tiny.
3: You're welcome, friend. But now, unfortunately, I must say goodbye.
1: Bebop let go of the doorframe and slowly went toward the portal.
3: No! No! Tidy! I have to stop him now, or he's gonna do it again. Tell Dr. Percolator that I've gone to the Messingham universe. And tell whipped away for me. Tidy!
5: No! We were gonna make you president!
3: Bebop tails, bebop tails! Chasing warlocks through dimensional portals, bebop tails, bebop tails,
1: bebop tales. Okay, so there's a lot to talk about, right?
3: Oh, Jonathan, you're still here.
1: Yeah, I'm still here. And am I to understand from this episode that you chased a warlock named Baron Von Messingham into a portal and then ended up in my house? Yes. Does that mean that Baron lives on this world?
3: On Podcast Planet. Are you kidding? No way. To be honest, once I went into that portal, I lost him in all the interdimensional time warp business, and I must have picked the messenger door instead of the messing ham door.
1: Well, if you ask me, Bebop, you picked the right door. Because now you're here. And like you told Gabriel at the beginning of the show now you can live in peace you can tell your stories eat my art sure yeah eat other people's art but yeah point taken anyhow let me get out of the way and why don't you do the honors of bringing home the rest of the finale
3: thank you Jonathan okay so for the art I feel like this is momentous because I got the most amazing drawing from Hayden who is 8 years old and from Connecticut who drew me? And I look beautiful, but I'm also carrying a book of Bebop Tales, and there's a lot of little neat details in the drawing. It's up now at fitcasting.com, so go check it out. Also up there is a gorgeous sunset drawing that six-year-old Rachel from Seattle drew for me, and there's a flying fish in it. I did not know you had flying fish here on Podcast Planet. Jonathan, this is a really weird world. Also, Rachel drew me a big piece of candy, which looks delicious and will be the perfect way to treat myself after finishing off my Worldwide Sensation podcast, Bebop Tales. And we also got more art from another brother-sister team, this time from Queensland, Australia. Jack, who is five, and Marin who is seven, drew some really cool scenes from Finn Caspian episode six, including laser bunnies all of the monsters from that episode and Jack even added a little detail with a smashed dreamstone. that Marin actually drew you Jonathan what
1: really where
3: see there I am eating your art and there you are saying no
1: oh thanks Maren
3: okay I think that's the perfect place to end today's menu and let's head to the jokes we have a really really good one from Kevin from New York so take it away Kevin
5: Hi, my name is Emma Joy, and I'm six and a half. I'm from New York, and I'm gonna tell you a joke. What do you call a camel with 100 bumps? Um, it is called dun dun, 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 dun. Bebop tails, bebop tails, bebop, bebop snails. Okay,
3: that <laughs> that is what I call a surrealist joke. My favorite kind. And also my favorite kind of joke that ends with someone singing my song.
2: Okay, I want to say
3: thank you, humans. I appreciate you listening to my stories. You keeping me well-fed while Jonathan was off on vacation. And you sending me jokes to entertain me while I wrote down my stories. Jonathan and I will be back in January with the second season of the Alien Adventures of Caspian. Bebop's Revenge.
1: That is not what it's called, Bebop.
3: The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, Season 2, The Desolation of Bebop.
1: Nope.
3: The Bebop Adventures of Finn Bebop.
1: Bebop, okay. (laughs) Just wish everyone happy holidays.
3: Happy holidays, humans.
1: Yes, happy holidays, humans. And I hope everyone has a great time together with their families. We'll see you with Season 2 in just a few weeks.